1: Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential podcast. I'm Ryan Zook.
0: And I'm Aaron McMahon.
1: Michigan finalized its 2023 recruiting class on Wednesday's signing day, adding one more prospect into the fold, but it also missed out on a key five-star target. We wrap up this recruiting cycle and also look ahead to 2024 and beyond, all ahead on this episode of Wolverine Confidential. Yeah, just me and Aaron again today, as Andrew is returning next week from vacation, and so probably not again too much basketball talk. But we should probably mention both teams uh, with with some double digit victories on Thursday. The women went winning seventy four to, to fifty seven over Illinois, a pretty good Illinois team, and, and was led by Leah Brown's twenty seven points. And then the men. Going on the road, beating Northwestern sixty-eight fifty-one for its first quad win, one victory of the year. Uh, I mean, solid rebounding, solid defense. Uh, su- surprise, some surprised performances. I mean, Joey Baker five five of six shooting with fourteen points in fourteen minutes, and I mean, who who really could see that coming? And I mean, Jet Howard only two for eight for eight points. You would think, oh, maybe another off game for Michigan, but uh, yeah, a, a big victory to kind of. Keep their season afloat for a little, at least a little bit longer.
0: Yeah, it's really a Jekyll and Hyde team. So far as we have talked about, it. I feel like all season long, like they, they they lose a game they shouldn't lose, and then they you know they get a win and they look impressive one in another game, and that was the case. I thought there's and I saw most of it, and they you know they they clearly had the fresher legs. I, I think Northwestern's playing something like its fourth or fifth game in the last week and a half or two weeks, so I think part of that was Northwestern just being tired. Um, But nonetheless, I mean, it was an impressive win for Wolverines. It was something that I think they needed desperately. Uh, Both sides of the floor, they played well. They actually defended something they really haven't done a ton, I I think, this year, especially in Big Ten play. Um, But yeah, a good win. Uh, They need to build on it. They've got, I think, four or five really winnable games coming up, several at home. So maybe this is the beginning of something, but I feel like every time we say that, they they turn out a dud. So we'll see. Um, Good win. We'll see if they can build on it. Yeah, we'll we'll
1: get back to everyone in, in another week or so and see if the narratives change again, which it probably will. But yeah, a big win nonetheless. Obviously, the the main story from from our podcast today is during the B signing day, Michigan kind of put a bow on its twenty twenty three class, uh, adding one more prospect and, and three star defensive lineman Cameron Brandt from Sierra Canyon in uh, California. They flipped him from Stanford, and I mean, he's he's a decent prospect who is ranked in the mid-400s nationally and has some versatility to play at multiple spots, but will likely need a few years to develop. But I mean, the biggest loss was just not hitting on, on Nicholas Harbor, the, the five-star freak athlete from Washington, D.C., who runs some of the fastest sprint times in the country at 6'5", 225 pounds, and uh, yeah, I mean, it came down to the wire. I mean, it, it seemed like it was his recruitment was kind of a mystery heading into signing day. And it seemed like after taking an official visit to Oregon the, the weekend before signing day, that maybe the Ducks would have the advantage, but ends up choosing South Carolina and, and a huge win for, for Shane Beamer and in the, in the Gamecocks' staff. And uh, another missed opportunity for, for Michigan to land a top prospect. So now essentially, yeah, they they finished the class without a top 100 prospect for the first time since 2018. And I mean, they had, whether it was uh, uh, Dante Moore or some of the other big names that they went after in 2023, some more, they were kind of left at the altar once again for uh, a big name prospect.
0: I, I know Michigan was kind of considered to be like a finalist for Nicholas Harbor. And they were technically, but I just, as, as the weeks went on, as we got culture to signing the day, based on everything I read and and just the interviews I heard from him, it just, it didn't seem like Michigan was like there, you know, they were finalists, but they really weren't a finalist. Um, and, and I don't know what the difference was there. Obviously Michigan's track program isn't like top tier. And, and obviously that was a big, big I think part of his decision. Um, NIL isn't, you know, a focal point here either. So if you were Michigan, I think what they were selling was obviously the development perspective and getting in the NFL and just, you know, Playing and, and being in the top tier program, successful program, and clearly that wasn't enough for him. Um, he decided to, to South Carolina State, kind of relatively close to home. Although you can make the case if they were if that was the ultimate decider, it would have been Maryland. But um, nonetheless, I mean, he, he would win, like you said, for South Carolina. They've been recruiting really, really, really well now the last what 6-12 months. Beamer's done a good job. Um, I think NIL obviously played a deal here. They've got a decent track program, uh, a lot of potential there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just Michigan's had miss after miss with these top tier guys. And look, that's not, it doesn't mean it's doom and gloom going forward, but as we've talked about in the past, like at some point, some of this is going to come back to bite you. Like we've talked a lot about Michigan developing three and four star guys in the past, those guys that went under the radar and, and how that's not a big deal for Michigan. But when you look back at these successful teams the last couple of years, look at who the the big Big players have it's typically the higher, you know, recruited guys, J.J. McCarthy, five star guy, Dominic Edwards, high four star guy. Um, that they're the kind of the big impact guys. So, Michigan and not having those in this class, I, I think, obviously hurts them. Um, but they're gonna have to build on it 2024. I, I, I think they've got they're off to a good start, um, but they, they can't let this this like slow part, this, this week, 2023 class turned into a, into a second.
1: Right. Right. No, good points there. And yeah, I mean, people say, yeah, Michigan's great at developing guys. I mean, look at, look at the, the previous national champion or recent national champions. They're, 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 top, they're bringing in top recruiting classes left and right. I mean, Georgia and Alabama continue to dominate on the recruiting trail. Ohio State's been uh, up there a lot. I mean, Oregon has been up there for, for the most part. So, I mean, all, I mean the SEC, can t- I mean, I think they signed 21 of the like 35 stars in this in this class. So, I mean, the Big Ten and other schools in Michigan outside the SEC need to find a way to kind of maybe step up their game in, in recruiting a little bit. I know the transfer portal is playing a much bigger role, but... Like you need to homegrown your talent, and you need to bring in, in impact guys, elite guys, and we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. And I I know I've seen a lot of people compare this 2023 class to 2018, and yeah, I mean, Michigan was able to did a lot of production from the class, like whether it's in Hutchinson or some of the lower three star guys like Stu or Hassan Haskins, Ronnie Bell. But that's not sustainable long term. I mean, that hit rate in that class was pretty remarkable, but I mean, if you have to rely on that year in and year out. It's probably not going to be good. And, and they're more developmental guys. I mean, Screwmaker took a while to develop. So, yeah, it's certainly interesting moving forward. And I know Michigan continues to tout its progress in the NIL space and say it's taking all these new initiatives. and But the bottom line, I mean, it hasn't helped yield, yield any better results in high school recruiting just yet. So, I mean, I, I don't think it helps that Michigan continues to kind of preach this transformational over transactional experience at michigan like yeah you didn't say that behind closed doors with the come out and say that i mean these guys these top guys are know all the money that can be made pretty early in their careers right now and i know you can show them hey look at jj mccarthy making all this money and and look at blake Coram. and yeah that's nice but it's still not moving the needle so uh, i i think there's other potentially other ways to to maybe pitch some of these top guys besides just saying, hey, well, we'll pay you to come here and then the pay to play stuff, which is still technically illegal by NCAA standards. But, yeah, I mean, Michigan's going to need to figure it out. Like you said, they're off to a, a good start in 2024. And, and that's because they they also landed a, a top guy in 2024 uh, right the day after signing day. So a little bit of a momentum builder there. Harper Woods, four star athlete, Jacob Oden. Announced his commitment to the Wolverines over, I mean, over 36 other offers. So uh, that talked about a national recruitment. That's, that's a big win for Michigan. His, his dad's a former walk-on for the Wolverines who also has ties to the sound mind, sound body camps um, that, I mean, that have produced prospects left and right. I mean, he's now their, their top overall guy in that, in the class at number 160 nationally. And I'm mean, still no top 100 guys uh, in the past two cycles, but. At least five of their six uh, four or recruits or commits in twenty twenty four are are four star guys instead of three stars.
0: Yeah, you, and you mentioned the connection to his dad, a former player at Michigan. So I think that makes a difference, and that's that's typically been something Michigan's been able to capitalize on in the past. I mean, not every situation, obviously, but um, that's something they lean on, and I think that was probably a big factor. And that's just the fact that he can stay home and and play for where his da- you know play for Michigan where his dad played. And, um. You know, it, it's good. It's a good pickup. Uh, it's, it's a, I think you're know, a player you would expect Michigan to get just because he's from the state and, and he needed a high profile guy. It, he's a player that I think in the past, maybe Michigan would have lost. But in this case, they, they got obviously the dad point of factor. So, yeah, you know, a good start, good pickup. Uh, still early. Like you said, it's 2024 class, so it's a time for, um, you know, other schools to try and get involved still. But nonetheless, yeah, it's good news on, for, for Michigan on the recruiting front, especially after you know, such a dud dud uh, ending in twenty twenty three.
1: Right, yeah, and and like you meant, I mean, Michigan State was the crystal ball leader for for a while too for Odin. So I mean, to I mean, you never want to lose a recruiting battle to Michigan State. So being able to land him was was big. And I mean, I guess we should mention too, going back to twenty twenty three that that Brant and Harbor weren't the only kind of prospects Michigan was monitoring on, on signing day. I mean, they also lost out on uh, Jamel Howard, a, a three star defensive lineman from uh the Chicago area. And I mean, look, he was ranked outside the top one one thousand, but I mean he ended up getting some some big schools to come in into his recruitment late, like LSU and Miami. And 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 he ended up staying with Wisconsin. He was previously committed to Wisconsin, decommitted when when Paul Christ was was fired and then Luke Fickle was able to work and get him back in the fold. And I mean, yeah, you're like, oh wow, they they miss out on that guy that was ranked so low. True, but he would have been their only true like nose tackle in this 2023 class. So Michigan signed five potential, kind of six, depending on I mean the edge and defensive lineman, whatever you want to call them, guys in that 2023 class. But no one really fits the mold of that nose tackle position that that Mozzie Smith has played here the past two years. So uh, obviously that'll probably be a big priority moving forward. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean just just another instance for uh, another loss and. And going back to Odin real quick, yeah, it's, uh, he's or he's listed as an athlete, will, will probably be a defensive back for Michigan. And it seems like right now Steve Klinkstil is the only guy on Michigan staff kind of doing work on the recruiting trail and bringing in guys. It seems like he's been uh, busy and helping reel in some guys lately, and especially the Ohio kids that they signed. And then I don't know where, where some other guys on the Michigan staff have been, but it seems like Klinkstil has really been carrying the load here recently.
0: Yeah, it is a departure just because I feel like in previous years we, we heard about Sharon Moore getting a lot of victories on the recruiting trail, and I think he's still working. But yeah, um, you know, they Michigan I think really took a step back this last year in recruiting just when the results on you know pen to paper and everything else. I I don't know what the what the approach is right now. Um, I think Mike Ellison has done a decent job too, um, but we'll see. I, I think they've really got to come out. The splash here in 2024 and land some big big some big big fish to kind of get over the, the losses in yeah,
1: obviously the, the big name there is quarter five-star quarterback Jaden davis and still doesn't seem like there's any new news there and it's i mean i'm sure mission's probably becoming a little bit impatient but i mean hey you you got to wait for a prospect like that to make up his mind and continue to pitch him and build relationships and hope yeah he i mean the mission needs to land a uh, a top one hundred overall prospect that's a quarterback this year. I mean, you you need an elite guy um to kind of get in the pipeline moving forward because who knows you'll probably you could lose JJ McCarthy next year and doesn't look like there's any bona fide starter waiting in the wing. So we'll see what happens. Uh we'll wrap up today a little bit of uh senior bowl and and other uh postseason games um uh, that mission players are participating in ahead of the NFL dra- draft Aaron what uh, what can you tell us there
0: yeah i think we should have renamed the uh, the shrine bowl the Jake Moody exhibition game because that's all it was on thursday night in Las vegas he uh, he carried the west team to victory i don't know why he was on the west team and not the east team but nonetheless um he hit four field goals the west team won 12 to 3 so in other words he accounted for all their points uh, kicked two 51 yard field goals Added two more 35 yard field goals. Uh, so he, he basically did it all. Uh, did kick off as well. He ended up getting the Shrine uh, Bowl Offensive MVP award. First time a kicker has gotten that since I think 2015, they said. Uh, so it's been a while. Uh, good game for him. Good showing. He didn't, all those kicks were basically right down the middle. There, was, there were no misses. He, in fact, I think his, his first field goal attempt was originally from 46 and it got pushed back because of the late game penalty. And he made that one too. So uh, good showing for him in Las Vegas. Uh, afterwards, they, they kind of – the game was broadcast on NFL Network, so you could have watched it. But afterwards, they interviewed him on the stage for, when he got his MVP award, and they asked him, you know, did he expect this when he landed in Las Vegas? And he said, who well, would not? Money um, so M- M- sh-
1: Moody making it rain in Las Vegas. Of course he should be expecting that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So good, good showing for him. Uh, I think it's certainly going to help his draft stock, whatever that is right now, because kickers are always so fluid. You never know, like – where teams view them what teams really like, you know, what who, which teams actually want a kicker. Um, but yeah, I, I gotta think it's gonna help him going in the combine. Um, he's got he's got a lot of film on tape. He's got this performance in front of NFL Scouts. that NFL coaches coaching the game. Um, so yeah, good, good showing for him. One more note on that as well, the shrine bowl. Um, tight end Luke Screwmaker was invited and he was there the whole week, but he did not play in the game, and it sounded like he didn't practice at all either. He's still dealing with that um, that shoulder injury that he kind of was, was flowed by late in the year. So he was taken easy there. I don't know what his status is for the Combine. Um, I suspect he's going to try and give it a go. But, again, that's at the end of the month, so it's coming up pretty quick. So we'll see. Uh, he did not participate. And then uh, the big one is Saturday afternoon, the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, kickoff is 2.30 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network. Michigan has three guys down there right now. Uh, two offensive linemen, Olu Timmy and Ryan Hayes. Uh, all reports right now on those two is that they, they've had kind of up and down weeks. Uh, Hayes had a couple of good moments, I guess, uh, flattening a defender. There was a point there where he fell himself, so up and down week for him. It sounds like he's been working at tackle and some guard. Although Timmy's been primarily at center, but I think that he did get some reps at guard from what I read. Um, again, another so-so week for him. Um, so we'll see where he ends up going. I, it sounds like he's going to be a day three guy, maybe a late day two at this point, but the other guy, Ronnie Bell, I think it's probably been the most impressive of the three down there. The first day of practice, um, they actually have GPS, uh, monitors on these guy players in practice. And it sounds like Jet Ronnie was one of the fastest guys out there, um, in day one. Not of that, but he ran one, like he was, he ran the most yards too, just in terms of his, you know, his work on the field. So, uh, I guess it's been pretty impressive. Uh, he's been working primarily as a slot receiver, which I think is probably where he kind of projects the NFL a level. He's just not big enough to be on the outside. Um, so we'll, we'll see where it ends up there, but I got to think that at least this week can help him going into the combine.
1: Yeah. It's pretty wild to think of how successful mission was last year. And it's going to be probably a quiet draft for the Wolverines in, in 2023 before 2024 gets. Yeah. I mean, it's during 2024 will be interesting to see how, how many guys, I mean, that, they could be setting records for the most. Most guys in program history drafted in 2024, but
0: good yeah, when, you, yeah. when you think about the guys that could have went off this year and didn't, you're right. There could be a lot of guys uh, next year. Um, this year, I, I, I don't see a first round pick at this point. There might be a couple of second rounds, maybe. There are going to have a lot of day three guys. A lot of guys are going to be fighting for response and fighting for opposition. Uh, so, yeah, it will be interesting. The combine I think is fascinating just because, again, that's an opportunity for these guys. The senior bowl is a big deal. The shrine bowl can be a big deal. But the combine is really where the money can be made, where guys you know if you interview well, if you perform well, if you practice well, um, you know, it, it goes a long way in front of some of these NFL person, the scouts and GMs and the like, um, all of which will be in Indianapolis. So good start for um for Moody. Um Brad Robbins is in the NFL PA bowl last week, uh at the uh he held the game winning field goal. Uh so we'll, we'll see where he, he shot, he goes as well. But Either way, it was a it was a good night for uh Jake on Thursday night, Las Vegas.
1: Good deal. Well yeah, that will wrap up today's episode. Don't worry, all you Andrew Khan fans out there, he will be back with us next week.
0: Thanks for listening.